Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, y'all. Zach Valenti here. What you're about to listen to is our second special extended episode, Volt Fuss, a story set a few years before season one of Wolf 359 begins. Before we get started, we'd just like to say a huge thank you to our incredible, unbelievably generous supporters on Patreon who made this episode happen. So much of what we've been able to do with this show, including making special episodes like this one, would absolutely not have been possible without you. Even though the show's ending soon, (laughs) we still have some pretty exciting stretch goals for additional content. So if you'd like a little more Wolf 359 in your life in the new year, head to patreon.com slash wolf359radio and consider signing up for a monthly pledge. Again, that's patreon.com slash wolf359radio. Well, it's about time. Hello? Hello? Is there anyone here? I guess not. One big honkin' private plane all to my- (gasps) Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to spook you. It... It's okay? Where are you? Just a moment. Still processing the latest weather report. Ooh, looks like some fireworks going up over Hawaii later. Better reroute around them. I mean, nothing against fireworks. They're awesome. 
There's colors and a bang and this really nice smell, apparently, but they can be a bit of a navigation. I'm sorry. Could we go back to where are you? Ah, sorry. Terribly rude of me. Just doing some pre-flight checks in the flight deck. And, I suppose, also talking to you, sir and or madam. You're... you're the pilot? That's me. Census Unit 196. Designation Enlil. At your service. Oh, you're the... autopilot. Of course. Why keep a pilot on retainer when you can just build one? Just running through a few of the oil quantity, normal, fire warning system, yeah, that should work, flight recorder, on, and done. We are all set for takeoff. Good. And, uh, where do I go? Ah, are, are you going to be flying with us today, sir and or madam? I am. Seems like it'll be quite the adventure. Ah! Um, well, hooray. But also, ah. Yes? Uh, well, I thought it was just going to be Mr. Clark and Mr. Cutter today. I mean, with them having to get back to Los Angeles for the VX3 debut. Why don't you check again? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have checked. I've been checking 47 and a half times per second for the past two minutes. And it's still... That, wait, wait, let me just make sure. Yep, I'm still just getting two passengers on the manifest. I think that... Miss Nash. Hmm? <sighs> Here we go. Mr. Clark, it's good to see you. You too, Miss Nash. What are you... Maybe you could help us out with this little contretemps. It seems... Miss Nash. It seems that my name got left off the manifest for this flight. How on earth could that have happened? We can talk about I'm this. I'm sure it was just a silly little mistake. Wasn't it? Or do I need to get on the phone with my editor? I thought you wouldn't be able to join us today. The driver said... Oh, I took my own car. We thought that awful accident right by your hotel might have been a problem for... Oh, I changed hotels two nights ago. I didn't mention that? Sorry. It must have slipped my mind. Yes. Well, it all worked out, didn't it? And Lil... Please add Miss Andrea Nash to the manifest for today's flight. Uh, very good, sir. Uh, but... And get us ready for takeoff. Quietly. Yes, sir. Shall we? Yes. This way, please. After you. Mr. Clark. Not bad at all. It is a very special aircraft. Clearly. Custom made for the boss, huh? You're one to talk. You did fly from New York to Tokyo, just so you can fly back to Los Angeles with us, right? Well, I get great deals on my miles. Very funny. You know how this works, David. They want this interview. 
And if I can only get half an hour of the boss's time when he's 35,000 feet over the Pacific, so be it. Besides, I'm not the one that's paying through the nose for this. Now be a sweetheart. Where do I get set up? Right through here. This is one of the private offices. You can make yourself comfortable. Aw, see? You can be useful. Tell me, did that hurt? Did it physically hurt? I have no idea what you mean, Miss Nash. Of course you don't. Thanks, David. See you in a bit. And Lil? Yes, sir. Keep an eye on her. Let me know if she... anything. She seems nice. She's an investigative reporter, Enlil. One that specializes in tech sector scandals. She's not nice, she's smug. And I want to know if she so much as breathes funny. Yes, sir. Thank you. Open cabinet three, please. Let's get organized. Trust everything as well? Yes, Mr. Cutter. Are you ready for today's flight? Ah. Man must rise above the earth, to the top of the atmosphere and beyond. For only thus will he fully understand the world in which he lives. Does that mean. That means we're ready, yes. Close the cabin door and they'll. Release specs for the VX3 for your approval. First pass at potential candidates for Artemis and Hephaestus missions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is some interesting chatter on new Chinese fuel cells. Mm, juicy. There's also the reporter, sir. The reporter? Yes. After takeoff, you will be giving an interview to Andrea Nash. I'm going to what? She's on the business page. I assume you did your best to. Of course, sir. She's proved very resourceful and 
eager. She must be to get the best of you. Do you hate her? With the fiery intensity of a thousand burning suns, sir. Well then, if that's the case, sounds like fun. Will she be any trouble? No, she won't be, sir. But she thinks she will. Good to know. Which room did you put her in? Room two, sir. Thank you. And Enlil, give us a bit of privacy, please. Nothing outside of flight announcements in room two? Aww. Also, yes, sir. But still. Aww. See you in the air, gentlemen. Sorry to keep you waiting. I'm... Marcus Cutter. A pleasure to finally meet you. Andrea Nash. Likewise. I'm so glad you could join us today. Oh, please. I appreciate you making the time. I know things must be hectic this week. Oh, yes. Busy, busy, busy. Has anyone offered you anything? A drink? Snacks? Super fluffy pillow? A chai would be great. <laughs> One of the many nice things about an autopilot-guided aircraft... Instant booster. Here you are. Do you prefer Miss Nash? Andrea? Andy? Well, do you go by director? Or Mr. Cutter? Or are you one of those super bosses who uses first names because you're all just one big happy family? Miss Nash, then. Mr. Cutter. Attention all passengers, please prepare for takeoff. And attention all passengers, we have now reached our cruising altitude. Please feel free to move about the cabin and to check out the really neat cloud shaped like a Tonka truck off the port side. Your AI is a bit... Yes. A personality as big as the sky. Odd trait to program into a pilot. Census units are funny things, Miss Nash. In a lot of ways, the uh, wand chooses the wizard, so to speak. Sure, but you can get rid of the Slytherins if you want. They're the most interesting ones. <laughs> Shall we get started? Do you mind if I record this? Of course not. But you don't use your phone. <laughs> Oh, writing about the tech lobby has made me more appreciative of analog recorders. They have their charms. Such as? Such as the fact that no matter how smart people get or how good tech becomes, there isn't anyone that can remotely hack into one. Not yet, anyway. But for the time being. Well, this is certainly going to be an interesting four-hour flight. It's a... 10-hour flight to L.A. Not on this plane, Miss Nash. Not on this plane. Let's get started.
welcome to Wolf 359. Would you like to start? Let's ease into this. To begin, could I just have your name and a bit about what you do? <laughs> My name is Marcus Cutter. I'm the director of communications for Goddard Futuristics, and I handle a couple of portfolios for a special projects division. And how long have you held that position? It'll be three years next April. <laughs> could you tell me a little bit about the history of Goddard Futuristics? Give me the overview. Is there a reason you'd like my perspective on that? It's all in the public record. I just want it on the record, in your own words, if you don't mind. Wouldn't it make more sense to- Please, indulge me. I want to hear it from you. All the way back? All the way back, if you don't mind. Well, way back. In the turn of the century, there was quite a kerfuffle over this teeny little invention, you might have heard about it, called airplanes. For a decade or two, that was all anyone could talk about. After the Russians were the first to achieve liftoff, well, I think we all sort of decided we needed a new technological race. Something to take our mind off the sting of defeat. We all kind of decided well, it's not actually about flight. That's not the key. It's all about who can get to Mach 1 first. Who'll be the first to break through that pesky old sound barrier? And that's where Goddard came in. Which one of us is telling this story, Miss Nash? I'm sorry. Please. Hmm. In 1910, a pair of aviation tycoons met a young physicist by the name of Goddard. Mr. Goddard was a... Very gifted individual. Had incredible ideas, but tended to strike people as a bit strange. It tends to happen when you're ahead of your time. Of course. It was a good partnership. They got him boatloads of money. He gave them designs for liquid fuel rocketry. They got to Mach 1 in 1912 and became national heroes. After the war, they started the Wright Goddard Aeronautics Company. And after that? Well, a lot of people would have called it a day there. Instead, Goddard restructured his company around R&D for spaceflight. How'd he do with that? Escape velocity in 1929, first man space over in 1948, all the intrigue with the moon in the early 50s. Am I boring you? Not at all. And after that, what was the next race? Artificial intelligence, of course. The Wright Goddard Company was pretty much the first corporation to invest in AI research. Why? Think about it, Miss Nash. The early crewed spacecrafts? Anyone could fly those. A monkey can fly those, if you don't mind a bit of turbulence. But to really go places, you need something a bit more complicated. And once you start to skip down that yellow brick road, 
it's only a matter of time before you realize you need pilots that can do things no monkey could ever manage. When did they rename the company? 1974. By then, we'd started to branch out into other fields. Biomedicine, chemistry, alternative energy. And after that? That pretty much brings us to the present. After NASA lost the funding for its Office Centauri missions, we were more than happy to give them a new home in the private sector. Since then, we've run more than 150 privately funded expeditions into deep space. And next week, we're putting out a shiny new engine that will help us reach even further into the stars. The end. How far out are we talking? 10 light years? 50? Somewhere. Thereabouts? Yes. Hmm. And, uh, what would you say is... Your race, Mr. Cutter? Oh, I'm just a humble division head. It's not my ship to steer. Isn't it, though? Looking at the company structure, the Special Projects Division doesn't really report to any other department or share its research. Neither do a couple of the R&D divisions. Since about uh, 1976, no department has had access to all the others except for communications. Well, that is kind of the point of a communications department, Miss Nash. We communicate. And how are you finding the department since you came on board? Oh, it's very fulfilling. But this piece isn't about me, is it? Maybe not. But I'm interested in your perspective. Your directives Our the board sets the direction. But you're the one that actually gets it done. In a lot of ways, one might argue that the communications director might be the most influential position at Goddard Futuristics. And... You still haven't answered my question. What race are you running, Mr. Cutter? People. It's us. I think we're what's next. What do you mean? What about people? Everything about people. The very concept of people. What? Well, it's... <clears throat> Here. Think about the internet. Okay. Think about what everyone's been saying for the last two decades. It's changed how we act, how we think, how we experience the world. But there's still a middleman. And that is? You still have the browser window. That's not going to last. Sooner or later, we'll start changing things directly. And since that's the way we're going, I think that whoever gets there first, they'll have a real opportunity. To sell Casper mattresses? To change the world for the better. And what does that look like? Apologies for the interruption, but uh, we need you at the secure phone, sir. Ah, yes, I'm sorry, Miss Nash. We're in the early stages of organizing some field trips out to Lloyton 726, Ross 154, and Wolf 359, and they just need me to... Please, take the call. Thank you. Be back shortly.
That was 20 minutes? Yes, sir. Hmm. I think you may have underestimated her. She wants to break another scandal, and I'm sure she will, sir. But it won't involve us. No. It's something else. She hasn't asked me about the VX-3. Maybe I overestimated her, sir? No. Something's off here. She's after something. Or maybe she already has it. David, did Miranda leave any of her restraining bolts on the plane? I'd... I'd have to check on that, sir. Please do, David. Please do. Sir, do you really think she requires that drastic a touch? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to go back in there for a bit and see. Let me know what you find. Yes, sir. Now, where were we? How we're going to change the world for the better. Of course, that. If I can actually ask you, Miss Nash, this piece of yours? I'm getting the sense this isn't the standard profile one writes for a new model launch. I'm... Not quite sure what it is. Not yet. Your editors are willing to fly you halfway around the world and back for something you're not quite sure of yet? What was that? We have some old equipment lockers on here. David must be looking for something in one of them. Do you have any more questions for me? I do. (laughs) You took over as communications director from an interim manager, but are really building on the work of a man named... Willis Fletcher, correct? Correct. And he took over the department from Jonas Highland. Yes. And before Highland, there was R.W. Neiman, then Charles Kerr, William Carter. And the communications department was started in the early 70s by one Mr. Arthur Keller. Why is this of any interest? What happened to William Carter? to him? Yes. Do you know? He left the company in early 1992. Saw us through the collapse of the USSR and... retired, as far as I know. Yes, he did retire. At the age of 36. It is a very demanding job. I don't begrudge him for wanting a bit of peace and... And then he vanished off the face of the earth. There's no record of William Carter after 1992 anywhere. I looked very carefully. Do you have any comment on that? Why is this of any interest to you? You're a business reporter. A business is just the people who work in it. And many, in fact most, of the people who really make the decisions for Goddard Futuristics have a habit of vanishing into thin air. I thought you said you weren't quite sure what you were writing. I'm not quite sure, but I have an inkling. 
Care to help me out? stars I mentioned to you earlier, just before I left the room. Loyton 726, Ross 154, and Wolf 359. What do those stars have in common? I'm sorry? What do those stars have in common? What connects them? What does that have to do with William Carter? What do those stars have in common, Miss Nash? Is there a reason you don't want to answer my question, Mr. Cutter? I'm going to ask you one last time. What do those stars have in common? What is important about them? No? Well, I think we're done here. <laughs> that was cute, but you know I will publish everything, right? What do you mean, publish everything? I mean, publish everything. And you know my editors wouldn't have sprung for a flight across the world if I didn't have everything. I do know that. So, that brings us back to William Carter and changing the world. Yes. It does. Need you on the line again, sir? Please. I'm not going anywhere. Any updates? We do have a restraining bolt, sir. It's prepped and ready to go. You've administered one of these before, right, David? Yes, sir. Are we... Are we there, sir? No. No, not yet. She's not going anywhere after all. Sir? Let's give her some time. We'll go over those candidate profiles. I'll go back in in about a half hour. And the restraining bolt? Once I'm in, turn the sound monitors on speaker. If I say the phrase, Voltfass, that will be your signal. Come in and install the bolt. Yes, sir. Actually, David, would you open up the wall monitor for me now? You want to keep an eye on her. I'd actually like you to go in there. See if you can get her to say anything interesting. Just that, sir. See if I can make her say anything interesting. Just that. Yes, sir. He may 
be a little while on that call, Miss Nash. Do you need anything? No. No, thanks. I'm fine. She's wondering why you're still there, David. You gotta do something. In three, two... Can I do anything for you, Mr. Clark? I suppose I'd be... wasting my time if I asked you to... put aside your prejudices just during your conversations with Mr. Cutter. Ah, the loyalty card. Charming. What makes you think I'm prejudiced? You have a bit of a reputation. And you think I'm going to be unfair? I think you know what makes a good story. And I think sometimes we can warp reality to fit whatever makes a good story. Happens to the best of us. And sometimes looking at why people want a story to fit a certain form is a story in itself. And sometimes those stories make some people go to jail. Which would be sad, but... Got you there, David. Can I give you a bit of advice, Miss Nash? What? Right now, you're in a very unique position. Unique and delicate. If I were you, I'd think long and hard about how what I say and do could impact that position. Good. Make her ask if you think she's out of line. going to go back in there, or can I get the restraining bolt? Um, let's give her another ten minutes to feel pleased with herself. And then? <clears throat> I'll show her how good at my job I am. wasn't sure if you were going to come back. You thought I scared that easily? Not really, no. 
So, who is William Carter really? I'd very much like to know. Ah, but this time, I was asking the question. You tell me. I don't know. Kind of why I'm here. You have an educated guess. Go on. Tell me what you think happened. And you'll tell me if I'm right? Oh, I'll tell you if you've got a good story. Please. <sighs> Communications basically runs Goddard Futuristics. I think you'll find that our operations team... Yes, yes, yes. But you're the nerve center. You are the only one that has oversight. Whatever the de jure arrangement is, whoever runs communications is the de facto leader of the company. Why would anyone go through all the trouble of setting that up? Well, have you ever heard the story of the Earl of Oxford and William Shakespeare? Is this the one where they both walk into a bar? No. The theory goes that the nobleman was a brilliant playwright, but he couldn't write what he wanted and keep his reputation. So he arranged things with a local actor. He'd take the Earl's work, he'd get the credit, and play the role of Shakespeare. And what does this have to do with our missing friend? I think someone, or a group of someones, has some very specific ideas about how the future of technology should look. The Illuminati strike at long last? Or perhaps they're alien overlords. No, I don't think it's anything like that. Carter's the only director of communications who left behind any kind of paper trail. Pa pa ah, you mean the survival manual. No one willingly takes on this kind of power and just embraces total anonymity after they've handed it back. That's not human nature. The implication being that, what, someone played the role of Carter and the others. But then why retire Carter after so short a tenure? Why go through all that trouble all over again? For the same reason you're not going to hold this job for more than a decade. You're a terror to work for. You make rather flamboyant examples of your enemies and with the results you get, you won't avoid being promoted up the ranks for much longer. So. How'd I do? Was that a good story? Not bad, Miss Nash. Not bad. I think you can be very happy with what you know. And I think I can be very happy with what you can only guess. Are we done? Or not quite? Not quite. Just one more thing. <sighs> okay. I'll bite. What else, Miss Nash? Matthew Newman. Mr. Cutter? What did you say? Matthew Newman? He was vice president of product at Goddard, well, right Goddard back then. In the late 60s, I'd like to ask you about him.
Mr. Cutter? Mr. Cutter? Mr. Cutter, did you hear what I asked I you? I did hear you. Well? Well, this just became a whole different interview. Why is that? Because now there's another question in the air. Are you going to walk off this plane? Or are you going to be carried off of it? grasp what is happening. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what's happening. We're at that part of the interview. You threaten me. You're much better at it than your flunky, by the way, and I tell you about the code. Code? That's right. Specifically the code I have to input into my phone every hour, on the hour, and if I don't, everything I have on Goddard Futuristics, and on all your predecessors, goes live. Can you do that from this height? Like I said, analog tape recorders have their charms. Ones that double as a portable Wi-Fi network even more. So, let's put down the gun. And why don't we just skip to the part where you tell me what I want to know, hmm? Why are you poking this bear? You already have a great story. You already had everything you needed before you spoke to me. Why push? To get the truth. To understand- Don't insult me, it's not that. Tell me who you are. Who you really are. And, if I like your answer, maybe I'll tell you about Matthew Newman. I already played show and tell. You tell me who I am. <laughs> no. Go on. Show me how smart you are. If you get it all right, we'll call it quits. You don't have to tell me anything about Matthew Newman, and I'll drop everything I have on Goddard Futuristics. Educated guess. I know you have one. Andrea Nash isn't your name. In fact, it isn't even your third name. Yes, of course, I knew. A chameleon can always spot when someone is trying to hide in plain sight. You came from just enough money to understand how big the gulf was between your family and the people who actually have a chance in life. You balanced your education with, given your little code trick, I'm going to say some very lucrative and very immoral activities on the dark web. But, given that you boarded this plane at all, something almost touched you. Got close. You straightened up, leapt into the arms of one of the intelligence services, and told yourself it was where you belonged. But it was way less fun than you wanted it to be. Definitely no Clint Eastwood. For a while, you thought that's just what being an adult is, having less fun. But then, no, no, there's something else out there. There has to be. 
because you are very clever, you managed to worm your way out. The journalist thing has been a great excuse to flex your muscles, but it isn't where you belong either, and you're getting bored again. Seeing titans of the industry quake in their boots is fun the first five, six times, but that kind of power is fleeting and you want something more permanent. You want to be at the... How did you put it? Oh, yes, the nerve center of something. Something big and bold and different and anything, so long as it's not boring. Jesus. So I take it I did pretty well. You did, Mr. Cutter. You did. But I didn't get bored. That's not why I left. Oh? Why then? There was a fire. People died. I realized life is short and the whole truth, justice, and the American way thing takes too long. It wasn't boredom. It was urgency. I wouldn't have pegged you to scare like that. I don't anymore. Hey. Tell me. A deal's a deal. You got something wrong. So tell me. Matthew Newman. Matthew Newman. Matthew Newman. Is very pleased to meet you. Wait, what? You're- Oh, yes. In the genetically modified flesh, yes. I've seen a picture. You look nothing like him. I didn't- I didn't think he was- Who did you think he was? The Earl of Oxford? But you- you'd have to be- Now, now, it's not polite to bring up a man's age. Okay. Okay, so it's you. Yes, it's me. What would you like to know? First, um, how? How what? How, how are you here? And you were fired back in the 60s. The board pushed you out of the company. So, I mean, the aliases I get, but how could you possibly... Should I maybe start at the beginning? Yes, maybe you should. <laughs> Do you know anything about Project Menagerie? No. Air Force operation in the late 40s. Highly classified. Basically, the idea was to station long-distance satellites that could daisy-chain information. A precursor to the Pulse Beacon Relay System. There was only one problem with it, though. What? Uh... High school kid in a backwater town in California stumbled onto it with his homemade radio telescope. It's little Matthew Newman. Project Menagerie just looked like a time sequence of pulses. Definitely mechanical. Definitely coming from outside the Earth's atmosphere. He couldn't explain it. His teachers couldn't explain it. The professors at the local college couldn't explain it either. It must have looked like... Signs of alien life? Oh, yes. Quite the thing to think you've discovered something that would change the course of humanity. But someone 
with clearance on the project got wind of this little amateur discovery, and just like that, the military police was ransacking my home, confiscating all my prototypes, and waving a copy of the Official Secrets Act in my face. That explains the interest in space exploration, I suppose. Oh, the interest was there before, but that is where the revenge flavor got mixed in. When did Goddard enter the picture? The 50s. The new board was trying to buy their way out of a financial slump, acquiring any small company that was doing anything interesting with aviation. At the time, I had a little outfit doing prototyping for the kind of deep space recon that wouldn't get funding for another 20 years. And when your company got acquired, you started working at Wright Goddard. Oh. For a time, I was Wright Goddard. I became a product lead, then a VP, then the VP. But you already know how that story ends. One of the first of the independent interstellar missions crashed. The public backlash was brutal. Someone's head had to roll. And the board forced me out. And I figured it might be a good time to... reinvent myself. Yeah, no kidding. The last record anyone has of Matthew Newman is a memo for an organizational restructure that would eventually lead to the communications department. Ah, you found that old chestnut, did you? So that's how you connected Newman with the communications director job? It was a hunch. I thought Arthur Keller, when he came in and started the comms department, he must have had some relationship to you. But he was you, wasn't he? They've all been you. Just with different names and different faces. Spaceflight and AI weren't the only bets I took. You find the Fountain of Youth or something? No. Nothing so fantastic as that. My father was a mechanic. I understand that upkeep is important, and I found people who had some very bold ideas about how to... uh, tune up the human body, as it were. I funded their work and provided them with a willing test subject. Why play it this way? Why go back to Goddard? I mean, you literally could have done anything else. Well, one, revenge is fun. Two, (laughs) why go through the trouble of building a vast conglomerate with a world-famous reputation and almost a century of government contracts when you can just steal one? And three, as much as I've always been excited by space exploration and the possibility of what we could find out in the universe, it's only one part of the bigger picture. What does that picture look like? Like progress, Andrea. I wasn't kidding before. I really am working for a better future. For all of us. Thank you for telling me. You're one of a handful of people in the world that knows. (laughs) For now, I suppose. I don't see any reason why that club has to get bigger. What do you mean? I mean, you don't really believe I'm going to publish any of this, do you? And in exchange? I want in. 
on what you're doing. I want in. I'll take any job you give me, but I want to be a part of what you're building. Why? Because somehow you've figured out how to play the long game and make the changes that need to happen now. That's what I want to be a part of. Just give me that, and all this mess can stay buried in the past, where it belongs. Well... Hmm. <clears throat> no. What? No. No, thank you. This isn't how I do business, Andrea. I'm not about to start now. <laughs> no. No, you wouldn't have sat here. You wouldn't have gone through all of this. You wouldn't have told me if you weren't going to let me in. It was a long flight. I needed something to do. This was better than watching Monsters, Inc. for a third time. You're bluffing. I'm really not. You have a wonderful mind, Andrea. One day, I'm sure it will be put to more productive use. My associate will be in to take care of you shortly, but for now, I'm afraid I must... Voltfass. Goodbye. Wait! Psi-wave radiation. Those three stars you mentioned? They're all red dwarves that exhibit abnormal levels of psi-wave radiation. interesting because because like you said we're what's next people if anything holds the key to to engineering a better humanity you think it has something to do with psi wave radiation David that thing I told you to do earlier don't worry about that. I'm going to cancel that. Yes, sir. Okay, then. Let's talk. into the Los Angeles area. Please keep your seatbelts fastened and your tray table in the upright locked position if you, you know, happen to have been sent to the timeout chair that has a seatbelt and a tray table. Otherwise, just keep doing what you're doing. From the flight deck, we hope you've enjoyed your time up in the air and we hope to see you aboard again soon. Amazing. A piece of art every time. In any case, does what I've outlined sound acceptable? It... it does. Yes. You will have to shed your old skin, so to speak. <laughs> there would certainly be questions if a journalist of the caliber of Andrea Nash were to suddenly... Of course. I understand. I assume it won't be a problem for you. Any preferences on background? College degree? Pets? Any names you have in mind? 
know. I've always kind of liked the name Rachel. I'll pass that along. This... This isn't LAX. No. No, this little airstrip is on one of our properties. Skip the traffic when you can, right? You think of everything, don't you? I try to. If you don't mind. Here you are, sir. I don't think I'll be needing that. the jet bridge. That's my cue. Goodbye, Miss Nash. <laughs> Goodbye, Miss Nash. This has been Wolf 359 by Kinda Evil Genius Productions. Tonight's episode was written and directed by Sarah Shackett from a story by Gabrielle Urbina and Sarah Shackett. The role of Nash was played by Ariella Rotenberg. The role of Cutter was played by Scotty Shoemaker. The role of Clark was played by Clements Kim. And the role of Enlil was played by David Reinstrom. Original music by Alan Rohde, and audio recording by Jared Paul. Tonight's special episode was only possible through the incredible generosity of our supporters on Patreon. To join them and help us make even more extra and even more special bonus content for Wolf 359, go to patreon.com slash wolf359radio to sign up for a monthly donation. Visit us at wolf359.fm for full episodes and extras. And follow us on Tumblr and Twitter at Wolf359Radio for news and more. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into The Mythos Mysteries, a live play pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Whoever you are, we're not scared of you. You hear a voice from inside that says, Please, help. I'm inside the dresser, help. Now I need you to listen to my very explicit instructions here, Adrian. Okay. Please ready your punch and fists. Yeah, it's, they're always ready. Now I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna open the door. Okay. And we're gonna look inside the dresser. What if we don't? Could we not?
<laughs> I need you to be brave for me. Okay. You were always very brave. I, okay, okay. So we're going to open the door and you're going to look in the dresser and yes. then what? And then if I tell you to, yep. we're going to punch it. The dresser? <laughs> <laughs> you said I had to be very easy explicit. If there is someone in the dresser. I'm punching. We're going to punch it. What if it's a ghost? Well, then we're going to have ourselves a fun time. So, like a party? <laughs> like a birthday party. Okay, so we'll do some dancing and there will be a cake. Hopefully the yes. ghost brought it. Yes. Okay, I can do this. Okay. I'm going to open the door now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to open the door. You open the door and the dresser is back upright. All the drawers are back inside. But now it is next to the window and the bed is in a different corner. Of course it is. And the blood is pooling on the floor instead of the ceiling. It's dripping up. The Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now.